0: I came tonight hungry to hear the voice of the Lord. Anybody else feel that way? Anybody else feel that way? I want God to speak to me tonight. I want him to talk to me tonight. Brother Stewart, we love you. Amen. We appreciate what you're doing. Appreciate your burden for the work in Africa. Appreciate the sacrifices that you have made uh, to see that work go forward. And we appreciate you making the sacrifice to come and be with us tonight. Amen. I want you to come take your liberty tonight and preach to me. God bless you. Praise the Lord, everyone. As your pastor was making those remarks, the song we sometimes sing began to go over in my head. Where would I be? the Lord. Amen. Where would I be? You know, I know the direction that I was headed, but even following that out, I don't know where I'd be. Amen. Sin has a way of taking you to places you never thought you would be. Amen. Just a little sojourn, they used to call it in the Old Testament. Now i got a house in Sodom. Amen. Just a little time down here away from the famine, and now we set up camp in Egypt. My Lord, thank God for His mercy. Thank God He didn't just leave me alone. I didn't deserve it. Amen, amen, what a tremendous time we've had in the Lord, the last few services, and uh, i got to tell you, I really, really wish I could have been here with you in service Sunday, uh, I nearly clawed the walls down where I was sitting, I wanted to be here so bad, and I, I told you, Pastor, I said, I'm not even going to attempt to have the altar service and try to do that remotely. So just after, after I get finished, you just take it and spur it on. <laughs> and so from all that I could hear, I appreciate your response to the word of God. And God's not through. God's not through amen amen I appreciate what I feel in here tonight good to see all of you here thankful for those joining online good to see Jax and his family and now Miss Ellie amen we prayed for that little girl in Africa amen when we got word when we got word that there was prayer needed. We were happy to go find a place to pray, and the men in Africa began to pray. And, and so we are glad Miss Ellie's here in church with us tonight to see their parents as well. I guess without you guys, they wouldn't be here. That's about as deep as it's going to get tonight, y'all. Amen. I believe God wants to take us somewhere tonight. Amen. God has a a place in mind tonight. Amen. God's already there. He's already there. And He's he's just waiting on our arrival tonight. Amen. Jesus set the example for us. He went before us and He still does that. Amen. He goes to a, a place that He's got identified for us and calls us there amen do you want to go there tonight do you want to go there tonight amen does this church want to go to that place God has for us tonight are you willing to push just a little bit farther than where we're at right now until we can tap into that move of the spirit that God wants out of us come on as a church let's lift our voice Come on, let's cry out to God. Let God know we're going to press through our flesh and press through every distraction, every hindrance tonight. Come on, I want to hear you lift your voice, church. the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Numbers the ninth chapter, verse number 15, a forewarning here, we'll be reading a lengthy passage. Amen. Numbers chapter number nine, verse number 15, we'll be reading down through verse number twenty-three. Amen. Give honor to your pastor and his wife. Respect and honor them tremendously. Amen. Numbers the ninth chapter verse number 15. And on the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the cloud covered the tabernacle. Namely, the tent of the testimony. And at even there was upon the tabernacle, as it were, the appearance of fire until the morning. So it was always. The cloud covered it by day, and the appearance of fire by night. And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that the children of Israel journeyed. And in the place where the cloud abode, the children of Israel pitched their tents. At the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed, and at the commandment of the Lord, they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. And so it was, when the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle, according to the commandment of the Lord, they abode in their tents." And according to the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. And so it was when the cloud abode from evening until the morning, and that the cloud was taken up in the morning, they, then they journeyed. Whether it was by day or by night that the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. Or whether it were two days or a month or a year that the cloud tarried upon the tabernacle remaining thereon, The children of Israel abode in their tents and journeyed not. But when it was taken up, they journeyed. At the commandment of the Lord, they rested in their tents. And at the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Amen. A lot of repetition here, but... It's it's good for us to understand when there is repetition in Scripture. It's not because the writer didn't have anything else to say. It's not because they're just trying to up their word count a little bit in their book. But here the writer is, is going through painstaking detail to let us know that at the command of the Lord the cloud would move. And when it moved, it was time to move. And when it stayed in a place a little while, whether it was a day or a month or a year, they pitched their tents right there. Not moving until it's, until it's moving again. Amen. Amen. At the command of the Lord. Amen. So I'm going to preach to you for a little while tonight this subject the cloud is moving the cloud is moving there's some faith in the house tonight that i want us to tap into amen amen your, your pastor already said it there's a revival of spirit and atmosphere in the house tonight and i wonder if the church could jump in and and connect with that spirit tonight and let's just see where it might take us come on somebody reach out in faith right now and begin to thank the lord for where it is we're going to go in the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on, lift your voice. There needs, there needs to be a shout of victory in the camp tonight. Oh, somebody needs to magnify your Lord. Somebody needs to get excited about being in the house of God and about living for God tonight. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and your mercy tonight. hallelujah, hallelujah,
1: hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Come on, let's break in a little farther tonight. Come on, let's push just a little farther, church. Oh, come on. We're not going to let the service bind up right here. Come on, this is a critical part of the service.
1: Let's push until we feel that break one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Whenever we left for Africa, back it up to just prior to that amen some of you don't know all the story and I won't bore you with all the details but um, in April of 2019 I resigned from the place that I worked and we put our house up on the market to sell and uh, my wife Grew up poor, and I did my best to keep her in what she was comfortable with. But the house that we sold uh, was—I wouldn't call it her dream house—but she was very attached to it. Amen. And she was, she was thankful for it. And so, to just say we're going to sell it and leave was was a big deal. More of a big deal to her than it was to me. And so we began to pack all of our things. We began to sell all of our things. We gave away a lot of our things. And traveled for about three months in and around the United States. And then collected the last few remaining of, uh, things that we could fit into uh, a number of suitcases And we moved to Bulawayo, Zimbabwe. We got settled in there. Started making some adjustments to living in Zimbabwe. And uh, painted a few of the rooms. And modernized a a little bit here and there. and, And then the cloud moved again. And so we packed up those things that we had accumulated there in Zimbabwe and we moved to Johannesburg, South Africa. And we got settled in there. And we got real comfortable. We got, we got to, to know where we could go get certain things and, and started not having to rely every time we left the house on a map to get us in and out of there. And then an outbreak came. And we pack up and we move again into a barn in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so when I read a passage like this, it has a little different meaning to me. And I know what it's like to get to a place of familiarity and get comfortable and get settled in and 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 then it's time to move on. Amen. And so when they, when they write about those times that it was just a day. And now we're going to pack up all the kids. And we're going to move on to the next place. That doesn't happen without some effort. That doesn't happen without some emotional toil. That doesn't happen without some frustration and some heartache. Amen. No doubt those places that God took them, some of them were a little more uh, palatable than others. No doubt when they found that lush valley and it had a water source nearby, the grass was green and you could drive a tent stake without having to bend it a couple of times. Probably... Probably a little hard to just say, all right, I think the cloud is moving. Amen. I wonder, I wonder how many times there was a collective groan throughout the camp when they saw the cloud begin to shift. And they're like, oh, we just got here. I like it here. This is comfortable. I don't have to work so hard for food and water and the necessities. Amen. Anybody ever been through a move? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen. But God, God calls us from time to time at inconvenient times to inconvenient places. Amen. I think the I think the modern church, if we wrestle against anything, it's, it's on looking for that convenience. It's on dragging our heels a little bit when we think maybe the cloud is moving some. I know what it takes to have revival. I know what it takes to have a move of God and a service. I know what it takes to press through in my prayer meeting until I feel the Holy Ghost begin to move. I know what it takes to be saved. I know what it takes to be a Christian. Amen. But what does it mean? to be a Christian. What does it mean to do the will of God? What does it mean today to read scriptures that Jesus would be quoted saying, be perfect? Anybody in here feel like you fall into that category? Amen. Be ye perfect. The Lord your God is perfect. That seems like a pretty high standard for us to be called to. But when we study that out and understand it to mean, it doesn't mean without flaw, it just means to be mature. Amen. It means I'm not a 25-year-old young man who still lives with my mama and plays video games. I don't know anything. But that perfection means for my age, for my development, I'm expected to be here. Amen. When I worked at the school, we did standardized tests, and that was so that we could benchmark everybody for your age group. For your development area, you should be right here. And they would compare that against the others there. And so it is that God expects us to grow and to mature into Christians. And being a Christian is much bigger than just attending church and performing some kind acts from time to time. Amen. James said this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It worketh steadfastness. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting or lacking nothing. Amen. The scriptures where it talks about that God chastens those he loves, it has to do with disciplining us has to do with God allowing some things and and one commentator even says evil things to come our way to get us to that place of growth and maturity that we want it to be. Amen. And we're right back here. This is not the first time we've covered this in this series of services that that I've been here. Where, where I, I just feel like somebody just really confused about some bad things going on in your life. Some things that just you can't figure out. And I'm telling you, God is trying His best to get your attention and get you into that place where you won't be lacking anything. Where you can be, in the eyes of God, perfect. Amen. Steadfast. Unmovable. Amen. Perfection is just that development level that God sets. Compare yourselves, not among yourself, Because if you do that, you're not wise. Amen. But that perfection can only be pronounced upon an individual and upon a church by God. And it's according to him, it's according to his word and his divine judgment when he walks upon the scene of our lives and through the aisles of our church. When he comes to church and he brings his measuring stick with him. And he begins to take measure against his own expectations. Amen. Do they... Do they measure up to my development standards? And are they at an appropriate level of maturity? Amen. Now this is, I know we laughed a minute ago when I was picking on a young man, but this happens frequently with the church. Where God blesses us and He blesses us and He blesses us and some good things happen and and then He shows up one service with a measuring stick. And they said, I want to see growth. Amen. When I was a child, we used to visit Grandma uh, occasionally, and and she had a little door frame that all of us kids would put our backs up to, and she would mark off a a line right at our heads and then put our name and date right there. And then we would come the next time, and she would say, all right, come over here. I want to see how much you've grown. And I would look down there. I, I hadn't seen any growth. But then I'm looking down at a line. Amen. God expects us to grow. Amen. When the children of God moved from Ramesses to Succoth, God introduced what we read about in this passage tonight, the cloud. A. Witness or a manifestation of his presence. A provisional cloud by day and fire by night against the elements of the desert climate. And how wonderful that must have been, Pastor, to be able to step out of my tent every day and turn my attention. And there is the visible manifestation of God in our midst. How how awe-inspiring and how how wonderful it must have been to to be able to just say, Hey, there's, there's God in our midst. When I have church with my family tonight in the tent, there's going to be God in the midst of our assembly. How exciting that must have been to see that cloud. Amen. Praise God. We don't have a cloud in here tonight. I don't know if y'all noticed that or not. We don't look about in this room and see a pillar of fire because it's night that there is a visible manifestation of God's presence. But Peter did say that he according to his divine power that he gives to us everything that pertains to life and godliness so while we may not have that cloud we still have a presence of the lord that's with us tonight we still have we still have that witness that we felt breakthrough in this service a little while for a, for a time tonight We felt that and we we understood that to be this is God's presence in our midst. Amen. God gives us what we need to successfully live for Him. Amen. God doesn't set us up for failure. Well, this is our last night, so I'm going to give you everything i got. Can I, can I help somebody just understand the situation and the, and the cards you were dealt are no excuse for a lackluster performance in living for God? Can I help somebody tonight without making you too mad, get that thumb out of your mouth and quit making an excuse on, well, because I had this bad situation in my life, because I was, I was dealt an unfair situation that I I can make excuses for where I'm at tonight on the measuring stick. Amen. I know what it's like. Amen. My parents divorced at three because of an adulterous situation. I know what it's like to have a home shot up because drug deals have gone bad. I know what it's like to live in a house that doesn't have water and electric and do homework by oil lamp. So you come a little late to tell me that it's just too hard to live for God or do anything for God because of an upbringing. I'm sorry. I just believe in the grace of God. I just believe that God gives to me everything I need to be
1: successful in living for Him. And I don't have any reason to make an excuse.
0: Amen, amen. He still leads us and equips His church to accomplish his will. Amen. I, I'm thankful that God didn't just save me and abandon me. Amen. I, I know what it's like to have those kind of relationships in my life. In fact, when somebody told me when I first got into church that God is like your father, I said, No, thank you. Not interested. But he's not anything like my father. Amen. He's he's a good God. Amen. And he he knows how to put some things into and take some things out of my life so that I can measure up to the maturity level and accomplish his will in my life. Amen. Hey, we all have the same salvation experience. Amen. If you're listening in online, you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. It's the best thing that'll ever happen to you in your life. Amen. You can have the Holy Ghost right where you're sitting tonight. Amen. If you if you just believe God tonight right where you're
1: sitting, you can lift your hands and God can move right into that room where you're at.
0: Amen. Amen. You can be born again of the water and the spirit. Amen. It's not an old doctrine. It's not for just the early church. It's for 2020, and it's going to be for 2021. Amen. That word is forever settled. Amen, amen. But we all are saved the same way. We all go to an altar of repentance. No exceptions. We all go into the baptismal tank and go down in Jesus name. No exceptions. We all receive the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. No exception. Amen. But I'm afraid some of us feel like that's as far as God goes with the influence in our lives. He did not call it done the night He filled you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. He did not just kiss you goodbye the night you got the Holy Ghost. The story did not end there. That's just the beginning. Amen. If you're a, if you're a new convert in the house or listening tonight, let me tell you something. That new birth experience was just a birth. That was the beginning on a marvelous journey that God has for your life. Amen. The only thing that's good about getting the Holy Ghost is getting it again. The only thing that's better than getting the Holy Ghost is coming down and getting it one more time and staying full of it and following it when it leads you and prompts you. Amen, amen, amen. But God's design for each of our lives is so much greater than we can imagine. His design and His plan produces a perfect you. Amen. One church got rebuked and the preacher said, I wanted to come preach pretty strong to you, but here I am. I'm going to have to fix you a bottle. I trust that's not the truth, church, tonight. Amen. I trust that's not the truth, church, tonight. Amen. Can we take a little strong preaching tonight? Amen. Amen. You know, uh, I got to quit chasing these rabbits. I had, a, I had a coach when I was in high school. I, wasn't, I didn't come into the church until I was 19. But I had a coach that would tell us, now he's a—he's about a six foot six Native American guy. And uh, I could hear his voice for miles away. And when Coach Pickering got mad, he would say, you know what? You're going to run till I puke. And I could have got real mad at him. And sometimes I did. But it just motivated me to push a little harder, give it a little more. And so don't get mad tonight. Let's just push a little harder. Let's give a little more. Let's be challenged in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I I don't have a fight with anybody in the room tonight. Amen. But I want to see this church get to the place that God is moving us to without, without anybody having to be drug along. Amen, amen. But I believe God is coming back after a glorious church, after a perfect church. That's why he said he gave the ministry to the church, was to perfect the church. Amen, amen. And so we we need to come to expect when we come to the house of God, tonight I'm going to be a little more perfect when I leave here tonight. I'm expecting to be different when I walk out the door, than when I came in the door. Amen, amen. Paul told Titus, he said, this is not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. None of us are here because we deserve it. But it's by the mercies of God that any of us are even sitting here in our right mind tonight. Amen. It's by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I, I'm, just, I'm so thankful that I can get it again and again and again. I'm so thankful that when, when I just need a good tune-up, I can go to the altar. Amen.
1: And pray through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hey, how long has it been since you prayed through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost again? How long has it been since you came down to the altar and said, hey, I need to get it running over in my soul one more time. I don't want just a casual brush of the Holy Ghost from a service, but I want to get down there and let it wash me again.
0: Amen. Amen. I've been to places. Recently, where they didn't bathe that often. (laughs) Or you'd make provision for them to practice some good hygiene and you could tell they just took a rag. and, And you know what? After a while, sis, they stink. And when we just come to a church service and we just take out... A little Holy Ghost wipey. You stink after a while. Is that too strong? Is that too strong? Amen, let's put the wipey away tonight. And let's let the Holy Ghost do a good washing on us. Amen, let's let's find a place regularly where we can get down there and say, Fill me up again, God.
1: I don't want to be this low. It makes me nervous when I start feeling like I'm running on empty on the Holy Ghost. I need a feeling. I need it to run over. Amen.
0: He went on to tell Titus, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace. Justified. By His grace, I don't measure up. On my own, I don't measure up. But when I pray through the Holy Ghost, and when God imparts that grace to me, suddenly I come up to the level of, of ex- expectation that God has for me. Amen. But without that grace, I don't measure up. Amen. By His grace, we should be heirs according to. To the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying. And these things I will that thou affirm constantly. Young preacher, tell the church constantly that they need a renewing of the Holy Ghost. That you're saved by the grace of God and nothing else. And without that grace, you don't measure up to the justification that covers you. Well, here we go. Here we go. That they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. So, I got to work at it. I can't just warm a Pentecostal pew and show up. And measure up. I got to work at it. I got to give it some effort. I got to give it some effort. I got to give it my best effort. Amen, amen. Are you still with me tonight? Amen. What time is it? It's December 22nd. Amen. (laughs) We'll be done before Christmas. Amen. It would seem that Apostle Paul had a revelation that God has some expectations of us after he saves us. He's making a distinction with with Titus here. I'm not talking about that refilling and renewing of the Holy Ghost that you need, but what I'm talking about is the works that are expected after I'm saved. My behaviors, my level of involvement, my level of effort. Amen. Jesus himself said it this way To whomsoever much is given, much shall be suggested, much shall be overlooked if we're having a tired day. Much Much, much shall be required. This is a blessed church. That was a pitiful response to that. I said, this is a blessed church. That's better. I thought maybe I was back in a Baptist church somewhere. You've been given a lot. God has imparted. Oh, help me, Jesus. God has imparted much to this church. Some of the best preaching in Pentecost has come over this sacred desk. Hey, I'm not here to to win favors with accolades i hope you understand that but i i know this church has been given much and to whom much is given much shall be required there was a man taught a marriage seminar When my wife and I were engaged, and my pastor, thanks be to God, allowed us to go. And he made this statement. This is your free marriage tip for the night. He said, in order for a relationship to work, both parties must feel like they're getting out of it more than they're putting into it. If I ever begin to feel like I'm putting way more into this than what I'm getting out, there's a problem. If she ever feels like she's putting more in than she's getting out, there's a problem. But when both of us feel like we're getting a better end of this deal, then it's going to work. Amen. I don't think any of us in this room tonight would would suggest to God... That I feel like I'm getting the short end of the stick. We're blessed people. But I wonder, oh help us. I wonder, does God feel like I'm getting as much as I'm putting in? I wonder where He would put that percentage tonight on what it is he's getting out of the relationship with this church. Oh, hallelujah. I wonder how many times he's, he's walked in here and we felt a little break like we did earlier. But the response wasn't quite what he was looking for. It shouldn't surprise us that God expects a return on his investment. Amen. Mark the 11th chapter says, On the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he, speaking of Jesus, was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it and found nothing but leaves... For the time of figs was not yet. Jesus came and he was hungry to receive something. Identified an object that should have been able to satisfy the hunger that he was looking for. He didn't go looking somewhere that was unrealistic. Find figs. He didn't go looking at a place that it would be unreasonable for him to find figs. He walked to the fig tree and he pushed back the surface leaves, the persona of a fig tree. And he didn't find the satisfaction. That he was looking for. His expectation. Was. This is a fig tree. And I'm looking for figs. Amen. This was a mature tree. But it was not producing. What Jesus expected. It to produce. Amen. I wonder tonight if we get honest with ourselves and and with each other. When the Lord comes to a place in Olathe, Kansas expecting to receive something that he's hungry for, does he find it? Or are we too busy? Adjusting leaves so that it looks like we've got it all together. So it looks like I'm a mature individual. I'm a mature church. Help us, Jesus. He visits a church to see if they're still making the progress that he expects them to be making. 1982, was it? Church started. Really, in in the grand scheme of apostolic churches, not an old church, but not a young church. But are we producing, not what we like, not what we expect, But are we producing what the Lord says for a church of this age, in this location? Are we producing what what He's looking for? Is He getting the return on His investment that He's put here over the last 40 years? What have we done with the grace and the time that he's imparted to us? Amen. We're going to get somewhere tonight, okay? This is not a beat up the church night. I'm just asking you to reflect with some honesty. Amen am I genuinely giving back to God as much as He's given to me? Paul said that we're justified by His grace. And I want you to understand something tonight. When the Lord's expectation for a church begins to move. So does His justification. And when His justification moves, so does His grace. Are you following me here? God expects me to be this mature but I'm not measuring up there. When I was this, this tall, and that's as tall as I was supposed to be, He justified me right there. When I was a new convert, and I repented, and I got baptized, and I was filled with the Holy Ghost, that night, 100% justified in the eyes of God. Ten years later, God's expectation of me has moved on from that night. And with his expectation, so did that covering of justification. And so year after year and decade after decade, with a church, it's the same. His expectation is for us to grow and move forward. And with that forward-moving expectation, so moves that umbrella of justification. Justification. And while we're under that umbrella of justification, I have the grace that I need to, to live and be in the will of God. Amen, amen. I, I, I want us to, to, to really focus on this justification tonight. Because that justification, what it is, is a declaration from God that says that I exhibit evidence. To be at an appropriate level of expectation. To declare or pronounce one to be just, righteous, or such as he ought to be. So in order for us to be under the umbrella of God's justification, he has the authority and the right to walk up and down the aisles of a church and assess if I am going to allow you to stay under the umbrella of my justification, you're going to have to measure up to my expectations. All right. Or I'm not going to declare you to be at that place that you are supposed to be. I'm not going to pronounce
1: righteousness.
0: Are we getting a revelation right now? Paul told the church at Rome, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You need to understand something. You're in a relationship with God, a covenant relationship with God. This church is under the umbrella of God's justification. But God has the prerogative to come by from time to time to measure our progress and say, hey, hey, hey,
1: hey, you're not not at the place that when I came looking for figs, when I came seeking something from the true church.
0: Found it found to be unacceptable. That term acceptable means well-pleasing. And I know this church wants to please God. I'm not preaching anybody into hell tonight. I know you have a desire to please God. But what you need to understand is God doesn't just hand out that pleasing title to anything. He's not a man that he can lie. He's not going to say, I accept where you're at, if he doesn't accept it. He's not going to declare a church well-pleasing if they're not making progress in Him. Amen. We're getting somewhere. Come on, stay with me a little while tonight. Amen. Judgment on how we're doing. Justification is God declaring that you are doing what you are supposed to be doing. That you are where you are supposed to be. And that you are acceptable. Even Paul said, I haven't attained this, uh, this place in God that I could just kick up my feet and say, it's good, I'm okay. He said, I'm not already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended. But he said, let us therefore, as many be perfect, be thus minded. I'm not walking on streets of gold tonight. I'm not finished with my race this church we said it the other night has it's not celebrating the glorious past that we had and being content with that we've not attained that place that God has for us was, uh, 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 the cloud is moving god is directing us into a place have mercy God is taking us to a place where he has already prescribed where he expects us to be. Amen. I haven't been here. I haven't listened online. I haven't talked to your pastor. But I know this. There's already been this feeling of I just don't feel like I'm where God wants me to be. Has anybody felt challenged in the last few months? When God said, hey, let's step it up a little bit. Not a not a rebuke, but just a, a a hey let's 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 take it up a notch. Let's get somewhere in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so when we when we began to just follow after that and quit getting contented with where we're at right now, then we understand when he moves, I'm gonna move. I'm not perfect, but I'm striving, I'm reaching. We're pressing. When Jesus comes by to measure my progress, I want to be under the umbrella of that justification. I want him to declare that he found what he's looking for. I want to be at the level of maturity that he can declare me acceptable. Anybody else there tonight? Anybody else feeling like, hey, 2021 comes around. I'm not going to be where I'm at right now.
1: Oh, hallelujah. I'm not going to be the same, same person this time next year that I am right now. God willing, I'm going somewhere in the spirit on the next. I believe God wants to take this church somewhere in the Holy Ghost. And he's getting you ready right here at the end of the year saying, hey, let's step it up a notch. Let's push harder than we ever pushed. Let's challenge ourselves in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We can't afford to just sit here and watch the cloud move off without us.
0: Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Tell me you hadn't drove the tent pegs just a little too deep. Tell me you're not just comfortable with that corporate job and the life of ease. Oh, hallelujah. I don't want to be comfortable. I don't want God to have to set my barley field on fire to get my attention. But I want him just to come by and just pronounce acceptable or not acceptable. Faithful or not faithful. Consistent or inconsistent. God just speak to me. That's all you have to do. We must have an up to date justification. he will not declare us justified if we're still camped out in a place of past glory that justification's already moved on whatever revivals of the past this church has that justification is long gone whatever experience in god you had 10 years ago the cloud has moved And with it moved that justification. Can I just say it plainly? God declared you acceptable 10 years ago. But that justification is moved. And with it moved the grace to measure up. To that level of justification where he says, All right, you moved with me, and now comes new grace. Now comes that fresh anointing that lives where this justification's at. My Lord, I hope I'm getting this across to somebody tonight.
1: We prayed for the glory to move, we prayed for God to take us somewhere, but we didn't pull up the tent stakes. And we just watched it go right on by.
0: And with it went God's justification. Now, God's provisional grace is appointed to us so long as we're moving with Him. His provisional grace is appropriated to help us measure up to the justification for that time. I I pray we didn't get too deep tonight. I, 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 I trust you're still with me tonight. God has a place in mind for this church. In fact, he's already there. God's already at that place that he wants this church to be at. To to him, it's, it's a done thing. And now he's calling the church saying, hey, my expectation, my justification isn't 10 years ago isn't 15 years ago. This is a new revival. This is a new place that you've never been. I'm telling you, if we will get a revelation, understanding of this tonight, we're going to see things in this next revival we've never seen in this church before. There's going to be healings. There's going to be un- untold numbers of people getting the Holy Ghost, but we can't just sit back and compare ourselves to a past victory and say, my, 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 didn't we have
1: church? Oh, hallelujah. Will we have that up-to-date justification, we don't allow any service to be dead and locked up. When we have an up to date justification, I don't sit back and watch a new convert run the aisles while I sit and watch on. When the Spirit of God is moving, that's time for us to move. I want God to declare me acceptable. I want to be under the provision of His justification so that I might receive that grace. Oh, where we, we got under that umbrella, I don't sit and let a prayer meeting just go on locked up,
0: bound up, saying, oh, we'll get it next time. No, no,
1: no, no, no. Church, I'm telling you, you've got to get to the place where we don't accept defeat in not one service. We don't accept that service being bound up and locked up at any point.
0: Paul was talking to some people at Athens, and he said, You know, at one time, God winked at such things. At one time in this church's history, we would just say we had good church, we felt a little goosebump. At one time, God winked at that true church. But I'm telling you, if you want to get to that place that God has prescribed for you, You want to get to that place of revival that you've been praying about and talking about. We're not going to sit back
1: and let any service bind up.
0: At one time, God would just say, well, I'll meet with them next time. But maybe if they sing that chorus again, I'll try and reach again. At one time, God would wink at that. But I'm telling you, that justification has moved on. It's moved on. God's no longer going to accept us just sitting back and watching a service fall flat on its face. God's not going to accept us showing up late for
1: pre-service prayer and just walking back and forth, staring around at everybody. No, God winked at that one time, but the glory moved. The cloud has moved and showed did His justification. And if we want to tap into the grace that God has for us right now, we're going to move with it. we got to fight for it. we got to get excited about this new place that God has for us. going weeks weeks months without inviting somebody to church one time God winked at that
0: here's where we are church there's two things God is wanting us to step it up in because we're not measuring up personal evangelism and personal consecration
1: You're looking for a pastor to create a new program. And God's saying, no, I want you to get a stack of church cards. And I want you to get busy. Well, the time of just leaving a card with the bill, God once winked at. But not anymore. i got to open my mouth and have a conversation with that person now. That's personal evangelism. That's getting involved. That's loving sinners.
0: Hallelujah. It's time to start teaching some Bible studies. It's
1: time to quit making excuses that I can't teach it. I don't know what I'm doing. Yes, you can. Because when we get under that area of justification, the grace to do that comes with it. You'll have a boldness and an anointing you didn't know you had with the teaching of a Bible study. You may just preach somebody the, the truth and they get the Holy Ghost right there in Starbucks. I defy that spirit of unbelief. Come on, church. That grace is going to come with it. You're going to see some things you ain't never seen before, but it's only if we pick up the tent stakes and move under the justification that God has. Come on, lift your hands, lift your voice. Come on, let's magnify God. Oh,
0: hallelujah. Come on, get under a burden for sinners. Come on, fall in love with sinners. Oh, let God put a burden in your heart for a sinner. Personal evangelism, personal evangelism, personal evangelism. Ah, you get a guest here and they sit on your pew. You won't be content to sit and watch a service die. You nurture, you nurse that new convert. Some of the struggles and some of the some of the temptations, some of the things you're fighting against would just go away when you start getting involved in reaching somebody new. You won't struggle near as hard with some things that you're tempted by when you get involved with what
1: God's getting involved in. Because that's the only place where that grace comes, Pastor. The grace to overcome that only comes when I'm involved in His work.
0: Personal evangelism. Personal evangelism. Oh, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a this or we're gonna have a that, and that's gonna be our big revival thrust. I'm not discounting any. Whatever the pastor says you're gonna do, you're gonna do it. But I'm saying quit waiting on that. Get involved in some personal evangelism. A neighbor, a coworker, a family member that you wrote off a long time ago. Personal evangelism. Amen. My God. My God, don't take this tonight as God telling you. He's through with you. He's just letting you know. I've moved on. And if you want that grace, if you want me to pronounce you a justified church, you're going to move with me. Personal evangelism, personal consecration. Personal consecration. Hey hey hey, 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 don't you dare decide, oh I'm for my New Year's resolution, I'm going to start praying eight hours a day. Liar. You're not going to go. From zero to eight, because we rang in a new year. But we can step it up. If you're not praying anything right now, you set some time. 15 minutes a day. Every day, every day, every day. Five minutes? And then 30. You know why some of the pre-service prayers and why some of the altar service prayers are bound up? Because of personal consecration. You know why? I'm not mad at anybody tonight. You know why? We can pray about five or ten minutes and then we're into just walking around and looking around mode. That's an indicator. There's no personal consecration there. Amen. You pray in 30 minutes or an hour at home every day. 30 minutes of pre-service prayer will fly by. You start showing up an hour, oh my Lord. There ain't no telling what kind of church service we have. If somebody didn't have to come pray through in pre-service prayer and spend about five minutes doing it. Come on, come on. At one time, God accepted where you're at right now. But right now you're out from under an umbrella of justification. Amen. Personal consecration, fasting, fasting. We have guys in in certain parts of the world. I won't pick on them. They spend a week every year at the first of the year. And and I'm amazed. There's, there's been a couple of them told me they, they fasted two or three weeks. Wow. And not another day the rest of the year. Make a plan right now. Set a goal right now. Every week. At least... One day I'm gonna fast. And I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a reason for my fast. I'm gonna have something that maybe I've even written down. This is why I'm fasting today. I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to help you. I want to see this church get to where it is God is right now. Because I'm telling you, it will blow your mind when you get there. If you'll pick up the you will pick up the mantle of personal evangelism, personal consecration. You're going to get somewhere that you never dreamed was going to happen in this church. Hey, 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 hey. But I I am warning you. I am warning you. If we don't go there, the justification is going on. The grace is going on and we're going to sit right here. Fasting. what is God going to accept from me? What's He going to accept? Let's stand. Let's stand. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry tonight. Because... What, what I've delivered to you tonight is you can step right back up underneath the umbrella of justification and get to that new place in God, that revival that you're hungry for and you're longing for. is going to happen, but only if we get up underneath that umbrella and say, God, measure me today. God, where am I at today? God,
1: do you declare me acceptable today?
0: Hallelujah. Let's come around the front. Come on, come with your mind on the Lord tonight. Oh, somebody needs to be excited tonight about where God's taking us. Yes, it's going to be work. Yes, it's going to require us to grow and to stretch. Oh, somebody needs to set some goals and some plans tonight. Hey, without a goal, it's just a dream. It's just, it's just a hope. But if we'll set some action behind this tonight. God, I hear what you're saying. God, I'm listening to what you're telling my church. I've got skin in this. I'm ready for us to go to that place that you've got for us. Come on, church, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Come on, the cloud is moving. The cloud is moving. God's heard your cry. God has walked the aisles of this church with his measuring stick. He's ready to take you there. He's got the grace of... Already ready and prepared for that new place of revival that he wants to take you.